0: Hello and welcome to Pondcast. I'm your co-host Pat and joining me today is my co-host Brendan and this is the first official episode of Pondcast, a
1: podcast centered around centered around centered around uh the pond hockey lifestyle and hopefully uh the information that we've gathered in the three years that we've been doing it can uh help you guys in uh, forming your own team and getting more involved and grow the sport.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's something Brendan took the words right out of my mouth because I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. (laughs) It's Um, 90
1: degrees outside, it's fine.
0: Yeah, (laughs) so we're both desperately missing pond hockey. Luckily... The coronavirus didn't hit just yet, um, so back in February, we got to play our last pond hockey tournament. Last one for the who season. knows how long, but yeah. Hopefully the, just this season. finished up the season, so we're all set, but uh, yeah, we're both desperately missing it. We're bored, and this is, like Brendan said, something that to maybe look forward to. Don't know when we'll release this, maybe weekly, um, maybe every, like, bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, probably. Maybe. Yeah, bi-weekly sounds, bi-weekly, sure, sounds yeah. good.
1: We'll, we'll link it for bi we'll lock us in there.
0: Uh, yeah, we're just going to try and get out there into the pawn hockey world. You know, that that's one of the crazy things that I've noticed, and it's it's really kind of wholesome, is, uh, you know, I've I played sports, football uh, hockey organized ho- like more organized hockey on an actual like real team yeah. you know five on five ice hockey and and rugby and and a bunch of different sports but you know i relate this kind of like rugby the pun hockey community is kind of tight-knit in a it, way it's
1: very tightly knitted and but it's open yeah not to it's like, not to like it's, interrupt but it's very open where yeah it's very welcoming to bringing new people in it's just getting into it's the hard part. Yeah,
0: and once you're in, you're in. It's it's something that it's been super rewarding for me, and I know for Brendan, he can say the same. <laughs> Probably speak way more on that. But that's the really cool thing about the pawn hockey community is there's just this this network of people that, you know, whether it be once a year, twice a year, like we try to do, or you know, several times a year, there's yeah. always. Tournaments going on, there's always people from all over that come out to different locations and you get to meet new people. Um, We can't tell you how many friends we've made and and acquaintances
1: over the years. Met Uh, people from all over. uh, We're based in Buffalo, but met people, went to downstate area and met people that were from Toronto, Montreal. The first time we traveled for a tournament, met people from all over the place. They're just happy to make friends and just talk puck with people.
0: And that's what we're here for, Talk Puck. And, you know, we'll get more into that in the coming episodes, more in the details. Our goal right now is definitely to get you, the listener, started. If you want to play pawn hockey or if you want to know more about the pawn hockey world, so to speak, we want to get you kind of right in the middle of it and, you know, kind of see what we see you know, take the take the first step into that type of community and uh, welcome you with open arms. So if you have any questions, I'm sure we'll we'll link this stuff and we'll we'll have our our Twitters and uh, our Twitter accounts and everything. But if yeah, if you want to join that that's our number one goal right now is to, you know, kind of take you through our experience, our steps and how we got there, and then you know, we'll get into it. I'm sure we'll have some more we'll have some members of other teams and other areas of the pond hockey community. Cause it's big. It's not even teams. It's not just teams. There's yeah. organizers. There's, you know, league or I'm sorry, tournament. There's owners. teams
1: that the only reason they're a team is because they've been selling merchandise to, to certain tournaments. And all of a sudden they're like, we want to be a team. There's, there's breweries that just randomly want to throw people together and put up a team. There's so many different groups of people that are just like, fuck it. Let's just go play some pond hockey and have a yeah. boys weekend.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's what we do. We enjoy it. It's something to look forward to, definitely. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many people that go into this. So, yeah, we'll definitely try to get those, some of those people on so you can get even more perspective. But for right now, I'm going to hand it over to Brendan, who is kind of our, our uh, what would you say? You're like the Jackie Moon
1: of... <laughs> I, I, I'm the Jackie, Jackie Moon right of... You're the, uh, uh, general for... manager, coach... I'm the I'm the found owner founder I, I can't count them on my fingers or I can't count the thing the uh, tasks that I have on my hands anymore because I'm out of fingers but <laughs> he's uh, a man of many titles the found the founding member the founding member of two members because I will not take any credit away from Pat with what he's done to help build our team that we have you're too kind but the main financial person until we uh, make bank till <laughs> so we go global till so we go global we are worldwide we do have yeah, some merch true. sold we do have some merch sold in other countries but i knew about it for a while with the tournament that's always run in buffalo that used to be out in the harbor until they built riverworks uh just never got into it i had a couple times where i almost made a team but just last second just didn't follow through with it uh just being younger it, it's hard to like a lot of these are 21 and up tournaments, so it's difficult when you are like the oldest of your friend group and you can't get people involved or things like that. But uh, I actually wanted to play on the team that my cousin was on, uh, but they end up having a full team. So wanting to play so bad, I contacted uh, some people I used to play roller hockey with. So when when would we start? When because we... we did roller 2013, roller. 14, I think. Somewhere we were, around, yeah, I'd say somewhere around that. Maybe even as early as two thousand twelve. I know we did two thousand twelve as it when we were men with wood. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. So, so, we had, um, I took a team out of high school with roller hockey, and we were men with wood, Um and to keep the perverted name going, uh, we eventually did a different league that was called Straight Up the Ennis. Different make, team name, yeah. Different team name. And, shout out Tyler Ennis. Yeah, shout out Tyler Ennis, thank you for me needing to get multiple different companies to remake the sample jerseys that said Straight Up the Anus. but... So contacted the guys the last time I actually formed a group was with Straight Up the Ennis, and I get a hold of them, and I was like, yo, like, let's do pond hockey. We haven't played in a while, but let's just immediately, as soon as I started talking to people about it, it was either I've never played ice hockey before, I haven't played ice hockey in a couple years, or let's fucking go. There was Those were the three responses I got from everyone I, I had talked to. Going into it, I got everyone involved. I got everyone involved that I thought would want to do it, Uh, finally signed us up for the Riverworks tournament and going in completely blinded. We went in, I think we did pretty okay. We went like one, one, and one, I think. Yeah, we did, we did solid for first year with, I'd say
0: kind of like a ragtag group of guys where we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into, we didn't know exactly what the rules were. I mean, obviously we most they, tournaments they, let you they give know, you a packet and they the give we you They just don't info. know how they differentiate yeah. because you have
1: we had people that played like you said you played regular um, house league or like travel league hockey like growing up, the normal 5 on 5. The only league that I did was roller hockey, obviously watching hockey on TV. Yeah. But then you mix those two and then pond hockey's even, I mean, we even some, have, some of them are 3 on 3 or 4 on 4, but they still are different. Yeah, it's a different
0: format. It's a whole different type of animal and it, it's not even just pawn hockey isn't like a different animal it's from tournament to tournament it can be different there's different it's a different beast each time and you know that's one of the important things there's different formats there's different sets of rules it generally stays about the same but there's different
1: minor things or you there's know even the ring size up.
0: and we'll definitely get into that at my, a later time. My
1: favorite thing was when, because um, we just did the Riverworks one our first year as trained at the Ennis, and I remember Fraño, Um So the way the Riverworks one runs is it's two 20 minute halves mm-hmm. and then a two minute period. And he still does like bar league and everything. And he's staying on the bench and he was like, What are the rules again? And I tell him, and he's like, Two 20 minute halves. And he's, and there was, what, seven of us? Yeah. There was seven of us playing. And he's like, So the way that the. Uh, most of them are about this size. Some of them differentiate, but the way the RiverWorks one at least was, each regular rink would be split into three, so it would be board to blue line, blue line to blue line, blue line to board. Yeah. And Franjo's looking at it, who's played hockey his whole life, plays in bar leagues and things like that, and he's like, "It's a third the size of the rink, and it's two twenty-minute halves, and we get like a five-minute break between." He's like, "Oh, like this is gonna be easy. We can do circles around people." First shift comes off after like two minutes. And he's like, yo, what the fuck? And he's so <laughs> out of breath that he just skipped over the water and went straight to drinking the beers that he had brought to the bench. It's I remember it, the that now. Start, The yeah. start and stop is so it, different, and you can't explain it. You just need yeah. to, like, like that video that's going on the internet right now that of that mom throwing the baby into the pool. It's like that. Just throw him, into the, throw him to the wolves and see how yeah, they do. Yeah, and see how he came
0: out. And that was the thing. We had seven guys... All varying levels of play, different experience levels. It was, what, two or three of us have all played together at one time? It was
1: me, you, and Ben that had played together on Straight Up the Ennis. So a tiny bit of chemistry, but not um, much. Tommy had played with Straight Up the Ennis for a little bit, did pick up with us, and Kenny did too. Okay. But not enough where I'd say, like, me and you definitely played the most. Tommy and I just have, like, And Kenny good, didn't good even chemistry. have league play. And then, yeah. oh, and then John... John came, and I had done um, rec with him for another team that I just had joined um, somewhere else for roller, though. Um, and I don't think John even played ice hockey before And If he did, like, it was bare minimum pickup. Yeah. And then Frania, like we said, did bar league. So he was the best skater and most ice hockey experience probably as a whole yeah. on the team. But still, like, none of us really had played – none of us played together that way in that type of game. Yeah. And barely any of us even played together as a whole. So it was different. And so there you have it. I mean, we had a team
0: that, yes, most of us had some experience. Uh, I mean, all of us had experience in our own ways, but that that's the one thing that I can't stress enough is we still, we didn't end up doing terrible. I think we ended up Doing fairly well for you know our first time and not really knowing what happened, we adjusted on the fly. We fun. made changes
1: to our play. And if we didn't play against a professional women's hockey player, maybe we would have won <laughs> another game. But yeah, that's a story for another yeah. day. It
0: it was definitely an eye opener, <laughs> but we were the guys were able to adjust and you know make some things happen. But overall, it w- it was fun. It was a great time. Our first tournament at Buffalo Riverworks. That was our first pond hockey tournament and. It could only get better from there. And the yeah. one thing I will say to you is if you've never had any experience, I think I would suggest maybe you want to try playing at you know a smaller level at first. Maybe do some floor hockey, some roller hockey, something that's a little less expensive than before you get all your equipment. Make sure that you have a solid group or a solid core maybe before going to that next step. But if you want to just run and gun it and try and do it, I mean, go for it. Just don't
1: get discouraged though because... We had there's other leagues though that like I wouldn't like if you're if you're from Buffalo and you're listening, I mean it's tough to say and this isn't anything against a tournament, but Pat's right where it's Riverworks is such a large tournament that it's very hard it's hard to figure out where you should play, what you should be doing, and it's it's difficult to like fully grasp what how good your team could be or how bad your team could be for, for who knows. But there are other tournaments that go in that are very adamant on This is the best. This is like a pretty good one. This is the first level competition. And if this is your first time playing and you don't know how you are, do this one. And that's like the recreational, don't expect it to be competitive, which we have played against those. We got stuck on some teams that signed up for competitive but really shouldn't have been. And those can be rough games too, which we can talk in another episode. Yeah, yeah. But just kind of keep a mindset open if you're looking around for tournaments. Yeah. Seriously.
0: Don't think you're going to be the best right out of the gate. Oh, hell no. Nine times out of 10, that's not the case. You you know, just go into it with an open mind, but have fun. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. If you're there to win, you have a really... It's just a bad mindset. You should always go in just thinking about having fun, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think any tournament I've been in, I don't think I've ever gone thinking, oh, we're going to win the championship. Some some tournaments I've been like, yeah, we're probably going to get pretty far. Like, um, I know Binghamton, when we go to our tournament in Binghamton, New York, uh, we always have a good time there, and we seem to place pretty well. We definitely had a really good mindset going into it this year, and yeah. we got... Uh, we, we got a little had, ahead of ourselves, that, but... We, that,
1: that horse kicked us right off the yeah. fucking back, yeah. but...
0: <laughs> and, and that's that's how pawn hockey tournaments are. If you think you're going to come in, you're the shit, and you're going to destroy... I mean, I don't think we were that arrogant, but we definitely we did have a high... We weren't arrogant, riding. but we
1: you could definitely tell we were pretty yeah. confident. And yeah. that also ruins, like, just to circle back a little, that kind of yeah. ruins... The experience as a whole, because the whole point of going and traveling, like you could just do your local tournament call today. But the point is to is the same point of this podcast is you want to meet people, you want to you want it's cheesy as hell, but you want to expand the sport, you want to make friends with people, and you just you want to have a good overall experience with your boys that you're going with or girls that you're going with, and you also want to meet people and and make friends, like talk about beer, hockey, and other bullshit that you might do. And if you're going in as this arrogant prick like thinking you're, you're on your high horse when you shouldn't be you're not going to make friends that's where more problems happen too because you're probably talking shit people are going to talk shit back yeah. and it's it's problematic to have that mindset it really is
0: yeah it's just you know that that is always as much as sometimes we have a little more confidence going into some tournaments that is always secondary priority first priority is having fun and if it just so yeah. happens that we're doing really well that's like an added bonus. That's yeah. sweet. It keeps us going, keeps the boys a little more engaged for us. And we're like, oh, we, we start like talking, obsessing over, you know, oh, we got to face this person or this team. And then, oh, like this
1: player looks good. You become drunk off of uh, craft beer and yeah. sitting there at your area. You talk strategy. And you're talking strategy. And at the end of the day, you're all like, there's no way we're going to remember this. But yeah, yeah. yeah. like, the But it, it's fun. You rally around that. Energy. And
0: that's like a bonus thing. It's a little something special. It gets you kind of feeling. You know, all warm and fuzzy inside <laughs> in non sexual and sexual ways. <laughs> well, that, that's that depending on the number yeah. of beers you're having yeah, if yeah. you get sexual. But you know, you feel good and that that's another like special treat, but definitely number one is just to have fun. Yeah. So this kind of so to speak, ragtag group of, of guys for straight up the Ennis, varying mm-hmm. skill levels, going into the first ever Buffalo Riverworks tournament. Brennan, first ever one that we participated. Yeah, first ever. I think yeah, this was the
1: ninth or tenth tournament. that Yeah. We did. So we
0: we entered our our first ever Buffalo Riverworks tournament, and it was the ninth or tenth annual Buffalo Riverworks yeah. pond hockey tournament that we attended. But it was our first time. Brendan, you were captain. What was your
1: mindset going into this? I honestly had almost no idea what to expect. All I kept getting told from people that had done it prior was it's going to be fun. Don't expect to win. Same thing that we're saying. Yeah. But it will be fun as long as you let it be fun and don't expect to win. And meet people. Those yeah. are the three things that were told to me, and those have stayed true. I've I feel like I, I mean, you see my interactions when I go out. I feel like I'm extra friendly when it comes to other teams and like talking to people because I I want to meet people. I want to share yeah. our experiences. So that was my thought going in. Coming out of it, and even after the first game definitely changed, because I didn't know what to expect for skating, yeah. like, always played roller hockey, was never, never played really ice hockey, so, that changed up a little bit, where what I, like, need, how I need to play, changed up my game, I guess yeah. you could put, but, yeah, though honestly, that was what I was going on, there's really not much I can actually add to that, because it yeah. kind of stay true, what was your, because I came to you, like, came to you and a couple of the other guys that we had played roller with before, like, what was your mindset going in, like, what did you expect, and what do you think?
0: So I've played just about any version of hockey you can name besides sled hockey. I really want to try sled hockey. Sled hockey would be really cool. And I hope I can at some point. But the only experience I've had on a pond where Buffalo Riverworks used to be actually out on the water, but this was probably one of the first years it was actually at Riverworks. I think this was maybe
1: the second if older, maybe the third year. Yeah. At
0: Riverworks. River
1: was still very... So though. I
0: played Pickup on Pond, and, and that's all I really heard of about Pond Hockey, just group of guys getting together. And I might have seen, like, the Labatt Blue commercials where you see, like, the national tournament in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's what was I didn't know there were... But I didn't really know much about it. So when you came to me, I think I was at the point where you you said there's people that don't have ice skates. There's people that said, let's fucking go. I think I was right in the middle where I I hadn't played organized or any ice hockey for that matter in a couple of years. So I was like, yeah. hell yeah, let's do it. But just so you know, like I'm a little rusty, I need to... Don't expect too much. Yeah. Which is a response, a very common response that I got. And even now if we're looking for subs on yeah. a new team, I get. And, you know, going into it, first game we faced, I think it was a former or it was a current Buffalo Buttes player was one of them. I think she was like just traded to... Tr- she was supposed to be
1: going to yeah. a new team. Wow, so, so it was, Toronto or something. I don't yeah, know. she was
0: she was active in the NWHL. Yeah, so that. she was the standout player. I think it was uh,
1: what was it five hole five holes? That five was the team holes, name. Yeah. yeah, five holes. Yeah, we and, can we side note to the fact that Labatt put us in the pervert division. Yep, they had straight up the Ennis five holes. <laughs> they had. I uh, forgot about that. Oh, uh, yeah. the other? It was like. I was, Like fractured something, fractured sticks, or or something, it was something along the lines of fractured butt. It was all we had, yeah, we had literally like butt sexual anal innuendos. And I forgot yeah. what our 15 our, was. The division might
0: as well have been called butt stuff at this point, honestly. Yeah, and you know, that that's one of the things is you got to have a sense of humor. This is definitely more of an adulterated podcast, and <laughs> I mean. There, there's a lot of sexual innuendos in pod hockey in general. Just like teams, that's what they do. A lot of teams have inappropriate names. We don't have Straight Up the honest anymore, but we'll get to that, we'll later. Get that later. But yeah, a lot of teams are like that. They just like to have fun and, and make like goofy names and stuff. So that was our team name. It was a pun on Tyler Ennis, Straight Up the honest. We were facing the five holes. <laughs> and this team, like right out the gate, it was, it was really quick, really fast-paced. There were a couple of guys that could skate and hold their own but the one person that really stood out was that uh woman on the team that played for the nwh she literally stopped on a dime and we yeah skate, we'd skate she was her. such a fine skater like she was the female version of pk Subban. i mean, them the best of terms uh her skating was almost impeccable it was crazy and she could skate circles around us her stick handling was phenomenal and she like i wouldn't say she totally carried the team there were some kind of guys on that team that were a little more I don't want to say, but for a lack of better terms uh, dead weight they you know they they didn't they didn't really hold their own their their skill level didn't match up with the rest of the team. Um, so one advantage was whenever the puck would be past them, we put a little more pressure on them that would help out. but when it was in that woman's possession, the puck was there, it was game over like we didn't know what to do. They always had a good lead on us, I think, but we, we trailed them, but it was consistent. We were steadily scoring goals and we were getting used to the game. And that's one thing that I was never used to is, you know, I've played, like I said, I've played just about any form of hockey you can think of. And even pond hockey, floor hockey, any of that, I've never played such a tight game of hockey. It's so much stop and go, but it, it's just constant. You're going all the time. You're stopping on a dime. You're turning. It's close quarters you really, really need to tighten your game up. And that's that's the first thing I noticed was the pace is so much faster and you can barely take time to breathe with it. You need to be quick on your feet, quick decisions, and... There's no time to... Yeah, there's no time you to need actually... To tighten up your game.
1: Like some people, their game is based off of their endurance and how well they can skate. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like You could be a terrible skater, but if you're good at stopping and have even a little bit of a go... You're going to excel more in this than you would in regular hockey.
0: And some people that are... That's the one thing I noticed, too, is a lot of people that are, you know, quote-unquote puck hogs that love... You know the guys I'm talking about if you've ever (laughs) played in a league or even street hockey. They love to just cruise, go coast to coast. Those guys... Usually do well because they know they're good at stick handling, but yeah. some of them will struggle because they're not used to it, not having
1: that much pressure on. It them. It depends on if they're a puck, they're a puck hog, and if they're a puck hog where they'll like stick handle around you, they'll normally do like pretty decent depending on the team they're playing. If they're the puck hog where they will skate around, and not stick handle around, they they don't do anything, and they it's actually amazing because you watch them and they get so pissed off because yeah. you're not giving them air quotes the respect. They deserve, and those are the guys that'll end up in pond hockey. It's if you commit a penalty, it's a goal for the team that you committed the penalty against. Those guys normally end up aiding in five goals to the other team yeah. because they can't keep their shit together. So I'm not going Once to tell to you to be. Let's go back to the division real quick. Yeah, I look. I looked just really looked at my email and saw it. It was straight up the Ennis. It was they removed the team we we're supposed to play and replaced it with five holes, fractured hole. And then we played the Eskimo bros. Yep. So there you have it. I'm sorry, Labette, you all, you did that on purpose and I applaud you, but like, we're going to talk about it. That it was 100%
0: intentional. Yes. There's no way you can work around it any other way. Yeah. So definitely need to tighten up your game. And I'm not going to say be an instigator, but in the case of, you know, those puck hogs or those people that get too annoyed with you, keep the pressure on because Piss right worse the comes to worse yeah, piss them right the fuck off and you're gonna get some goals on your side. So maybe if you're not doing too well, it'll probably help you because those guys will eventually crack, or those guys or girls will crack. It'll work to your advantage. But you have to do it properly. You can't go in, you can't you shouldn't be using your body. That's the one thing I noticed. It's it's non-contact. People will use their body a little bit especially up near the boards. They I mean you're not supposed to throw yourself into someone. There's it no checking. Hap- it happens, it happens. Well, and
1: like the refs will see it and as long as you're a good sport about it nothing happens. Yeah. It's it goes south where you have a guy that's like yo that was too hard. Yeah. And fucking say something to the guy, but then don't retaliate. Yeah. Like, there's people Usually, that they won't say something, yeah. they'll retaliate by, like, cross-checking a dude or something. Yeah. And, and then that's where it gets
0: bad. I mean, we can go in a whole episode about refs, but uh, let's just so... <laughs> assume that the refs are not going to be as great as NHL caliber or even a house league caliber. Okay, they might be a little bit worse than that. And they're going to miss some calls. <laughs> Expect that right away. They're probably going to miss some calls. If you're one of those type types of people that gets upset when refs miss calls, you need to drop it right now. I mean, obviously, if they miss big ones, yeah, complain. But, I mean, I've reported a ref before
1: for being really they, bad. Well, they have people set up at the tournaments. At Every, every tournament we've gone to and every one that I know people have gone, they have an office. You go and report the ref if there's a complaint. Yeah. And you'll notice if you go to the tournament, again, first of all, don't let a ref ruin the experience for you. Like, don't be that yeah. guy. But if you go to the tournament again the next year... The ref's not going to be there, which that ref yeah. that we made the complaint about, or you made the yeah. complaint about was not there was the gone. next year. And
0: that was a very, very extreme case where he was atrocious. He missed so many calls that I mean, I got elbowed in the face. Someone got slashed where, on our team, Ben got slashed. Ben where, got
1: slashed where his, hand, where his gloves and stick came
0: like yeah. off his body. I fell to the ground after getting elbowed. It, it was just bad stuff. That's not supposed to happen. Please report that if that happens. But a little nudging, shoving here and there it does happen. If Someone goes a little too far and the ref doesn't see it. You can mention it to the ref. You could mention it to that guy who doesn't be like, Hey man, it's a little too much. Most of the time, if they're not being dickheads, they'll be like, "Oh, sorry." They'll like, take notice. People are very conscientious. Where like they'll be like, "Oh, you good?" Like if there there's a fall or something, someone'll be like, "You good?" Yep, fine. Except you for keep that playing. one this
1: past year who apparently went into the ref locker room and he's like, "I don't want to fucking be here." And all the other refs looked at him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm am friends with one of the refs and he was and the, he told me he's like, "Yeah, the guy came in here he was like I don't want to fucking be here." Blah blah blah. And they all looked at him and like, "Then go home. Why are yeah. you here? You don't have to be here."
0: And <laughs> which brings up a good point you know where f- brendan's friends with one of the refs obviously we're not telling you disrespect the refs expect no. a little less than you normally would if you're used to league play but treat the refs with the respect they're doing this i don't think they're volunteers usually they get paid but some of them they're they're not doing it for much so you know it's just a weekend and a lot of them, them. get
1: sucked into doing it because Friends of that that tournament, specifically because it's sponsored by LeBette, has a certain level that needs to be held at, and I think because of that, they want more experienced refs. Yeah, so it's not that they're forced into doing it, but I think they're definitely kind of persuaded into yeah, and they're still getting shit pay that you'd have like a a 20 25 year old, yeah. And so
0: it is kind of a lousy job. I sympathize with some of the refs, but. There's been not a handful that have not done their job. I've reported one of them because he was really, really bad. But, yeah. you know, take everything with a grain of salt, and you'll probably be fine. The other thing, which I was going to mention, um, how did you feel about the nets,
1: specifically at Riverworks? That was very different. Well, the Riverworks one wasn't that bad. I was told, like, it's, you can't shoot high. Like, it's just low. Keep it low. That kind of affected me more when we did Binghamton and the switch between the two tournaments. Okay. The long, because it's about it's about the same so- yeah. length as, it is the same length as a regular hockey net. Yeah. It's just only, what, six inches above? Yeah. So that didn't bother me. Like, that, I'd have a problem with that. It didn't really bother me, but what I've noticed, what I noticed, and what I still notice from
0: some less experienced guys, they think they can come out and kind of just, like keep it low to the ground. If you overpower it or you put too much into it, sometimes they'll just bounce right off the bar and go, you know, you need to put
1: pass strength onto it. You need to finesse that shit. It's
0: it's a very finesse type of shot you need. And even like, if you're going to throw it up in the air, you got to have like a good, really good sauce to it. It, It's definitely something, you know, you're, you're not taking wristers. You're not taking slappers anymore. So throw that out the window. And to
1: correct that a little bit, if you throw air under it, when Pat says throw under air, like, below kneecaps. We're not saying, like... Yeah, you can't wind up. Yeah, you can't wind up at all. That's illegal. Yeah, that's illegal. It's normally a goal for the other team. But when we say air, we mean just high enough where it might go over a stick blade. Like, really finesse sauce going in or try to find an angle. Or if you don't have one, try to knock it off someone's stick because some people aren't even paying enough attention to realize.
0: And uh that that also brings up another point the other thing at Riverworks specifically was no stick lifts yes. i remember i got called for that once or twice i don't remember if it was a goal for the other team or if they just started that with was just puck. you can't
1: do it and i don't i think that was the only turn one that they did at because yeah. that definitely happened the last two years we went there and nothing yeah. was called yeah so i think that's something that they had so sometimes
0: people yeah either let it slide or after. not care yeah but that was annoying for me because I was used to just playing, you know, a normal hockey tight, kind of tight, yeah. trying to be physical, but obviously can't be physical, to play the body. So I go for stick lifts and everything like that. So you got to be careful. Read through the rule book. Um, you know, they'll they'll give you a packet. Whoever the owner is or captain of your team, make sure that the me of your team, yeah, your the Brendans of your teams, <laughs> forward that shit to your players so they know what's going on, or at least tell them when, like, hey guys, this is a random rule. You know, if it's something that you would normally do in another game of hockey, make sure you point it out to your players so that they're aware and try to prevent those goals from aiding the other team. Anything else? I, oh, yeah. The other thing I will say <laughs> I, I'm just bringing up so much from this tournament. I specifically remember the third game. I think it was, I don't remember the team name, and I, I don't want to mention because it, it was something a little sour, they left a little sour taste in my mouth. But I think they were guys from Quebec. And <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say about physicality and things like that. I think refs will pick up, especially if uh, another guy's getting aggressive because they're trained to look out for that stuff. There was a guy who was being pretty physical with me. I I didn't really mind. It wasn't anything too cheap. I was like, all right, whatever, you know, just kind of shrugged it off. But I didn't like it so much, so I'd like shove him a little bit back or like push him out of the way. And there was one point, I don't know if you remember it, Brendan, but he came, I was either going after one the of us
1: I don't remember this at all, so either one of us were too drunk, so I don't know if it might have been me. Oh, yeah, or that's the point where were, we started drinking. Or maybe you were too so drunk. So we went 1-1-1. One, one, and <laughs> and
0: we lost one, tied the second, so we knew we were out of the playoffs at that point. And I we think won both, the
1: last game, though, and that's yeah, all that Yeah, we won matters. the last game. It was this the third game. The biggest fucking smile I've ever had in a pitcher was winning that one game, and we are drunk in yeah. front of the fucking We had right, two all tall had boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, all, we, we all brought a bunch of tall boys to the banks yeah. and we're like, fuck water, we'll just drink beer. Yeah, <laughs> so we had
0: like, I was like, at least two tall boys deep at that point playing this third game. But anyway, I I really am not, I don't try to start fights. Uh, anyone who knows me can attest to this. I, I really don't, but this guy was kind of being a dick to me. And we were both going for the puck or something, something like that. Anyway, I made a beeline to him. And I, I obviously was not going to hit him. So I, but I didn't slow down because I was trying to like, this guy was pissing me off, trying to show him like establish some type of dominance being like, Hey dude, like this is it. You think you're tough. You think you're shit. Like you're going to get knocked the fuck out. I didn't want to knock him out. I didn't try to, I didn't throw out my arms, didn't throw out my stick, but this dude kept skating right at me by way of the laws of nature. I ducked a little lower, laid the guy right on his ass and the ref didn't call anything. I'm not saying do that. I do not condone it, <laughs> but I specifically remember that. And what I will say is like refs will look out for things like that. And I think he realized what was going on throughout the game. And he saw the way this guy was treating me. And so he kind of let go because it was it was a simple play. I didn't actually try to hit him. It was like this one thing where I just shrugged my shoulder a little bit because I knew I was going to run into contact and collisions do happen. But I, this one was intentional on both of our parts, but it looked like he was charging at me. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Dropped my shoulder a little. He lay. He got laid on his ass. I stayed away. I was like, "That's what you get, bud," and the ref didn't do anything. So, in situations like that, you know, it. I do not condone hitting people, but it is okay <laughs> to show your physicality if someone's pissing you off. Like, and you tell them to stop, or you're like, "Hey, man, like, what the fuck?"
1: Fucking show it right back. So, but before Pat tells more stories about how his five foot six, very peaceful <laughs> Gandhi-like structure body was laying out fucking French Canadians in Buffalo. Um, I think we should save more stories for the next episode where we're going to talk. Oh, definitely.
0: So we'll leave you with this image in your head.
1: <laughs> Straight up the
0: Ennis Goes in a ragtag group of guys. Never thought much of anything. They go into Buffalo Riverworks their first ever True underdog
1: tournament. story as they hit the the anal pun division at the Riverworks the bat tournament. The butt stuff division. The butt we stuff go
0: community. in. We hit the ice. Don't know what is coming for us nwhl player is skating circles around us we get our asses kicked
1: literally playing holes through our five make
0: friends make friends with them though because they yes. were a good group of guys we're talking to them on the bench and having fun they were cool. come out of that tough loss Go into the next game we tie it and then with all our dignity stripped from us we have we need <laughs> one game to make it up and win we come out victorious and we have a nice photo shoot with LeBat Blue in the backdrop. When well,
1: we come out victorious. And we because, raise our ones. Because Pat uh, straight up went goon on a French Canadian and shifted the momentum our way. But we don't condone that. But if it happens, it happens. Yeah, but fuck them. So anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, this has been Pondcast. I'm Pat. I'm Brendan. And thank you for listening.